last time I tried to turn on the monitor, it turned off the projector. <laughs> I'm trying to get down where it won't, won't pick it up. Welcome to our third Sunday singing service. Uh, we are going to sing real fast. Uh, I'm going to lead the first song, uh, Magnificat, which has been on our list for months, uh, and we've never led it uh, due to one reason or another, and it's going to be a new song to most of you. Uh, it's sopranos, basses, altos, and tenors, I think, in that order. I think it's actually on here five times. I know the bass because I've sung it. I learned the soprano so I could lead it. If you're singing alto or tenor, you're on your own. <laughs> okay. Uh, notice that the, uh, the sopranos start on the upbeat. That'll be very important when I switch first two to bass because they start on the downbeat. So when I do this, sopranos, you just keep going. <laughs> and then the bass will come in on the down. Uh, we're going to sing this, and then Gary will have our uh, scripture reading, open prayer, and then um, we'll just proceed right on through. <clears throat> My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, Savior, my soul magnifies. 
Pray with me. Father, we come to you this evening thanking you uh, for this opportunity to, to gather back here this evening and, and sing songs of praises to you, Lord. Father, we uh, pray that you'll be with us as, as we worship you and in the spirit and truth. And, and Father, as we uh, sing this evening and, and, and make music and melody in our hearts. And Father, we know that it's an important part of our worship and, and uh, we just ask that you'll be with us and, and we think about these words, Father, as we sing them. We are mindful of those, uh, Father, who uh, aren't able to be with us. We pray for our shut-ins, and those, Father, who are hurting, and, and uh, we pray you'll continue to be with uh, Kristen Ward and, and bless her and be with Jennifer Baker and, and Judy Gerald and, and Father Yvonne Cornell and, and those others, Father, that... Uh, we may not know about, and we just pray that, that you'll bless them and be with the doctors who attend them. Father, we're thankful for that, all that, uh, that you give us, all that we have, and we realize that everything and every good thing comes from you. Thankful, Father, for the men's retreat that we've had this past weekend, and we pray, Father, that uh, we can take those things and apply them to our life, and, and Father, help us to, to be better Christians and Father, we uh, pray that you will continue to watch over us and, and to bless us. And, and, Father, we pray for our country. And, and, Father, we pray for the war that's going on overseas and for the people's lost loved ones. And we pray, Father, that, uh, that this war can come to an end and that uh, we can have a peace again there. Be with us this evening. Forgive us when we fall short in uh, things that, uh, that we do for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 48, Anywhere with Jesus. Number 48. We are singing first and last, right? Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go, anywhere he leads me in this world below, anywhere without him dearest choice would fade, anywhere with Jesus I am not afraid, anywhere, anywhere, there I cannot go, anywhere with Jesus I can say. Sixteen, walking alone with Jesus. <clears throat> walking alone with really, even during the sky afar, let the darkness come to welcome me still. 
71. Blessed assurance. <clears throat> Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Last one for me, 252. I am a poor, wayfaring, wayfaring stranger.
Number 138, farther along, farther along. Kifted and cried, we're a faithful wonder. Why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living around us, never molested, though it's a wrong. Farther along, we're If you'd like to stand, let's stand and we'll sing hymn number 851. 851, Blue Skies. Blue Skies. Seated, please. And hymn number six, <clears throat> A Mighty Fortress. Yeah. 
805, I come to the garden alone. 805. to pick out just one that's not in the book and just it is well I'd like to sing it is well just the first and the last verse <clears throat> I'll find the, I mean it's in the book it's not on the screen uh, First and last verse. <clears throat> when he 
Song of Invitation this evening, number 31. Almost persuaded. That'll be the song after the lesson tonight. Before the lesson, 585, Soldiers of Christ Arise. Soldiers, please arise. <clears throat> song forever. I've always sung tenor, so as soon as I start off here in my head, I'm going straight to the tenor line. G, is that right? Oh, that's B. No wonder I couldn't get it. Put my reading glasses on just to see my... That sounds better. Soldiers across the Stand entire at last, but be seated.
I never announced it anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Good evening. I love our singing nights. Uh, it's just a special time to sit back and praise the Lord. And it's, just, it's good to be together. I uh, wanted to bring you a thought from the Old Testament tonight. Um, all the way back in the book of Exodus, you find the children of Israel leaving Egypt. Uh, God is leading them by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. He is in that pillar. He is that pillar. And so they leave Egypt. And if you can picture the map in your mind, they what we think has happened uh, from reading the account of the Exodus, they come down uh, the peninsula there. There's water on this side and there's water on that side. And they come down the peninsula and then they come, start coming back up it. Uh, they don't want to go through Philistine territory up here at the top because God knows they're not ready for that yet. They don't have the trust in him yet to be able to go through Philistine territory and face the, the difficulties that's going to be there. So he leads them down this peninsula, it looks like. And they start going back up, and then they're told to return, to trace their steps again. Now, this isn't a big deal. A lot of us have turned around and gone back. Uh, the big deal becomes when, because they come back down, they meet Pharaoh's army, tracing their steps, and they're chasing them, right? You remember the story. At that point, God tells them to just sit back, and watch, and he's going to do the fighting for them. I love this story. If you you get through it, uh, there in the in the middle of the Red Sea, it looks like in the Hebrew, God's ripping off the the Egyptian chariot wheels. Uh, if you can just imagine that scene for a minute, Egyptian chariots are flying just as fast as they can go to get the Israelites, and all of a sudden, wheels just start flying in all different directions. People are scattered. The horses are going crazy. It's quite, it must have been quite the scene to, to be sitting there as an Israelite thinking, God's fighting for me. But before all that happens, he fights for them in the first instance, I suppose. In this way, he moves. As soon as they, uh, as soon as they notice that the Egyptian army is, is following up behind them, he moves from the front of the nation to the back of the nation. And he stands, his presence stands in between Israel's army, it's not even an army, the nation of Israel, and Pharaoh's army. He's protecting them from the back and he gives them enough time to get through the Red Sea. And then he moves away and the Egyptians come through and, and you know the rest of the story, of course. What I think is so interesting there is that he was protecting them from, from behind. But then fast forward. About 40 years and I think about 11 days. <laughs> and they are going through uh, into Canaan at this point. The old generation, the generation that walked through the Red Sea, they've died. That, that faith, that trust that God knew they didn't have yet, so he couldn't take them through the Philistine ter territories, never came. They, they were always grumbling and complaining against God, and this trust never came. And so they refused to go into the promised land and he said i'm not going to do anything else through you this generation i'm going to wait until there's a more faithful generation coming up behind you and that generation is the one that i'll work these incredible things through and that generation will be the one your children will be the one that comes into the promised land and they're the ones who are going to fight these battles that time has now come 40 years have passed that entire old generation have died save caleb 
and Joshua. They're the only two ones that walk through the Red Sea. Even Moses has died by this point. Caleb and Joshua are the only ones who saw both the Red Sea and this next incident that I wanted to draw your attention to. Right before they go into uh, Canaan, they're looking at Jericho. And do you remember what happens? The enemy's now in front of them. Remember in the Exodus story, the enemy's behind them, and God protects them from behind. In this story, the enemy is in front of them, and God says to the nation of Israel, you're a new nation, we're starting something new here, so you haven't been consecrated yet. And so the entire nation, uh, at least all the males, are circumcised, and so God, God makes them holy to himself there. And then he says, we're going to have another Red Sea incident they don't know it yet, but he's going to split the Jordan River in half and he's going to allow them to walk through once again on dry land, something that this, this generation had never seen their parents, most likely, undoubtedly, right? Had to have told them stories about that day, but they had never seen it because they hadn't been born yet. They were born, this generation was born in the wilderness. And so now God is doing something in them that he did in their parents in the hopes that something different would transpire, that Faith and trust would be engendered in this generation when it wasn't in the previous generation. And so now he's protecting them not just from behind but also from in front. I've always loved that, that imagery. And I think we're supposed to see those two thoughts together because you see the crossing of the Red Sea when he splits it open. You see the crossing of the Jordan River when he splits it open. I, I think he, he's put this here for us to understand this, this concept that he protects us, at least one of the things we can and should understand from this, these two stories is he, he surrounds us, right? When that thought crosses my mind, I, in my head, I turn to Psalm 125. Um, it's a beautiful song, and you might know it. It's, uh, it's, we sing a song based on the words from this psalm. We usually try to make us think during these singing nights about a song that we sing, a song that we love, maybe a song that we're maybe aware of, or, but maybe we don't understand all the implications of that song. This psalm come, or this song that we sing uh, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, it comes straight from scriptures. So many of our songs do. This one comes from Psalm 125. Uh, the first couple of verses here uh, record this, this past passage for us. He says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. This is, if you look up above the chapter heading here, uh, you see, maybe in your translation, a psalm of ascents. What's that mean? A psalm of ascents. Uh, it, it's when Israelites had to go back to Jerusalem three times a year. If you're not living in Jerusalem, if you're not from Jerusalem, you had to go back to Jerusalem three times a year to worship at the temple. And so while they were on the way there, what would they do? Well, I'm sure they had conversations, but a great many times they would sing. And some of those songs are found for us in the book of Psalms. They're known as a psalm of ascent. And it was a preparation for worship. They were looking forward to worship. That's such a poignant thought for us, especially on these, these singing nights where we prepare our minds to enter into God's presence. Sing, there's, not, there's nothing like singing. Um, I suppose prayer is, is close um, in that we get to come into his presence. We're not just learning about him, but we're entering into his throne room. 
Uh, it's just kind of a really beautiful scene. But if you're going to do that, you better be prepared to do that, right? Better be prepared to do that. If we're going to walk into God's throne room, we better have prepared ourselves to do so, to meet the God of the universe in his own throne room is not something we should take uh, flippantly or nonchalantly. And so these people didn't. The Israelites didn't. They had a very high view of God. And so as they're on their way to worship, they're focusing. They're, they're reprioritizing. They're, they're driving their minds and all their thoughts back to him. And so they would sing this psalm on their way to the temple to worship. And they would look up, no doubt, to Jerusalem. Jerusalem sits on top of a mountain. <coughs> sits on a series of mountains, actually. And Jerusalem's not even the highest mountain that uh, is surrounded by it, I'm told. But as they walked toward Jerusalem, you would have been able to see it, just like you can see uh, some of the, the mountains in our area here. If you're walking, you look over there and you can see you can see Jerusalem. You can see the mountains that surround it. And he says that the one who trusts in Yahweh are like Mount Zion. They can't be moved. Can you picture walking up to one of even the foothills here of the Appalachian Mountains and saying, I'm going to move that thing. He says, if you trust in the Lord, like this, this first generation couldn't, but the second generation did. If you trust in the Lord, you can't, you won't be able to be moved You'll abide with him forever. And here, here's the verse 2 is where we get the song from. It says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. Like I said, Jerusalem is ensconced with mountains. Um, it's like sentinels that are standing guard over Jerusalem. And the Lord says, That's what I do for my people. I protect them. We're familiar with 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 13, of course. It says that no temptation has overtaken man, but God has given us a way of escape, right? He protects us. He's for us. So as you struggle this week and as you encounter things that are not to your advantage this week, things that are hard, God's fighting for you. He's for you. That's a pivotal thought, isn't it? If you've got him in your corner, Paul would say, who can be against you? He's the deciding factor. He's the one who changes everything. And he has surrounded his people. Just like the mountains that surround Jerusalem, he is watching over us. Nothing is escaping his glance. The Egyptian army wasn't strong enough to overcome him. The Canaanite armies of Jericho and none of the Canaanite armies were able to overcome him. He had surrounded his people there and he still surrounds his new people today under this new covenant that Jesus has bought for us with his blood. He surrounds us, takes care of us, loves us, and has died for us. Tonight, if you have not put him on in baptism, what could possibly be a better time to do that? Tonight could be the night where everything changes for you, where the Lord surrounds you and he takes care of you, and that's the promise for his people. Tonight, maybe you've already made that decision and you just need the prayers of this congregation to walk in a manner that's worthy of the, what you've been called to. Life is hard and living inside of Christ can be difficult as well. And we want to help in any way we can. Why don't you come as we stand and sing. Oh, my
Good evening, church family. Chris, great lesson, brother. Appreciate you. Um, as a reminder, next Sunday will be our potluck. Uh, we'll have one o'clock service. There will be no six o'clock service, so next Sunday is our potluck, so please uh, plan accordingly uh, for that. Also, um, uh, the egg hunt is April 16th, so if you have kids, grandkids, neighbors, Easter egg hunt is April 16th at 12 o'clock. Um, we need some help filling in the eggs. The uh, eggs are empty right now. There's no candy kids, so don't jump in the box and thinking you're fine candy. If, it, if you do, it's from two years ago. <laughs> I pay a dollar to eat it, too. <laughs> um, but if, if you can take some eggs home, uh, uh, please uh, fill those up with candy. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, as a reminder, middle school and high school devotional at my house after services this evening. And also the deacon and elders meeting after services this evening as well. Uh, remember to continue to keep in our prayers, J.B. and Wanda Lawson's grandson, J.D. Lawson. Also remember to continue to keep Roger Pryor in your prayers, Yvonne Cornell, Jim Haney, <clears throat> Mikey Blake, Pam Leap, uh, David Trevathan, uh, Judy Gerald, Jennifer Baker, and Kristen Ward. Keep all those people in your daily prayers this week. If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper... It has been prepared in the conference room. You may leave and do that now. We will sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Last selection tonight's 824. Now fly away. <clears throat> Some glad morning when the stars all Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful to be able to gather here again this evening to sing these songs and exalt your name. We ask that you keep your loving arms around and give hope and healing to those that are sick and dealing with illness at this time. Please be with those in foreign countries that are dealing with an evil that most of us will never know. Please be with everyone as they make their way home this evening in your son's name. Amen. <clears throat> 